So, going off on a tangent this weekend, just in thought, wondering about role models for young men. And I look back to somebody who, personally, I hope is not a role model for a young person at all. And that would be Sean Strickland for his comments that he made. But I'm looking at the success of UFC and thinking, well, is that somebody that young men are going to look up to? And then I got thinking, we're already throwing a lot of vices at young men. We throw gambling at them. We throw pornography at them because it's never been more accessible. We throw whatever video games, and I'm I'm not anti-video game in any way, but we throw video games at them, which certainly can take them down different paths and, and leave you with that gratification. That's the thing that comes from video games. You get that gratification, that big boost, that, yeah, I... I have what I need from today. Gambling does the same thing. I have what I need today. I have that that big rush of whatever it happens to be. Dopamine or whatever it is. And they get that. And I'm wondering, is that that something that we need to be concerned about? Because when we go back to that Pew research that was done almost a year ago today that was – a really eye-opening piece of research about men in the United States, and it indicated that over 60% of young men are currently single, and a percentage of those are not even looking to be in a relationship, don't even feel that they need a relationship. And then you look at, search this up, it'll scare you if you want to go down a, a weird old rabbit hole, AI girlfriend, search that one. But that is available. And so... Are we doing enough? Are we are we maybe not doing enough? Are we missing a certain opportunity to help young men with all these vices that are right there available to them? And if they get to an age where parenting kind of fades into the background a little bit, you can't really parent somebody in the same way who is 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Parenting changes a little bit at least from my experience, where hopefully you've laid the foundation by then, but you're not going to get the same reaction by saying, hey, are you doing that? They're not going to react to that in any kind of way. I don't think they ever do, but that's one of the things that if, if you try to say don't do this, once you're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, they're already doing what they want to be doing. They need to have that foundation earlier, at least in my estimation. Let's talk more about this. Joining us right now is Dr. Brenda Lee, a registered psychologist based in Vancouver, B.C. And Dr. Lee has expertise in developing policies targeting physical and psychological safety in community groups and has dealt with we old humans a whole lot in trying to figure out what makes us do the things we do. Dr. Lee, thanks so much for being here. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. Dr. Lee, I just I got a little concerned for young men over the weekend, just doing some thinking. <laughs> and I'm not sure whether it's justified, but I thought maybe it's something to chat about on the show today because there are so many different vices. And almost like when the Internet came around, we didn't exactly put parameters up. And I don't think we have a lot of parameters up for whether it's gambling, whether it's pornography, whether it's video games. Is my mind overreacting, Dr. Lee? 
<laughs> you know what, Mike, I'm really glad that, you know, uh, you and I are having this conversation about, you know, the it's the state and also the mental health of the young men, you know, in our country, right? I think this is something that we can never think too much about. And so I'm really glad that we're here talking about it. Well, if we look at that Pew Research that I cited, and it looked last year at American males, and it said that... If you look at people who are under 30 years old, over 60% were single. And that was almost double of women in the same age bracket, which doesn't even seem to match up. But somehow that was the stat that came out. You've had a chance to see that, and a lot of people have weighed in on it. Is that something that we should see as concerning? Yeah, that's a really great question. And you know what? Um, I know that the findings look really jarring, but. Oh, we may have lost Dr. Lee. We'll try and get Dr. Lee back, but I'm, I'm interested to hear what she has to say. I know the findings sound really jarring, but we'll have to find out what it is that she does feel about it. But again, that's what this study showed, that you have men and women under the age of 30, 60% of men are single, almost double that of women in the same age bracket. And that's, that's significant. And so you're looking at what? The women in that age bracket are having to go outside of the age bracket? And one of the other things that said was levels of intimacy across genders had hit a 30-year low. So things had definitely changed. So what is it for guys that is taking them and not having them participate in that? I mean, one of the things that I also think about is the way that communication happens with young people, where you've got a lot of texting right now, and we really don't have as much practice as we used to going face-to-face, and intimacy requires face-to-face. Dr. Lee is back with us, and right now we are talking with Dr. Brenda Lee, registered psychologist based in Vancouver, British Columbia. And, Dr. Lee, you had said those findings look one way, but then you were about to give us your thoughts on those findings that 60% of men under 30 in the U.S. were single, and that's double that of women in the same age bracket. How do you feel about that research? Yeah, and so um, something that um, is not surprising to me about the discrepancy between um, the rates of young men and women um, who are in relationships, because you know what, like young women just have generally more opportunities um, to meet suitable partners than young men. And we know that because, you know, um, they're enrolled in post-secondary higher rates. Being at school is a great way to meet partners that are similar to you. And we know that women generally um, are higher, uh, kind of like they're getting into partnerships more, um, those who are able to meet people who are similar to them. And so in that sense, you've got more opportunities being at school. And you've also got uh, young women who are involved more in kind of cultural and social and like religious activities. And those are also ways within the community to really meet people who are similar to you that you may become attracted to. And so really, um, in terms of the numbers, um, it's quite consistent with what we would expect to see. Um, And so the numbers are not off. They're not jarring in the way uh, to myself, who's been tracking these for a little while now. But I can see how that can look really kind of like quite jarring for someone who um, is not thinking about that on a regular basis. Sure. And because you've been following this for a while, 
What kind of a trend might we be noticing? Is it something that we have to step in the way of, or is this something to keep monitoring? Yeah, that's a really great question. So what we know um, fundamentally is that relationships are good for our health, right? And this is not just in terms of our mental health, but actually things like our cardiovascular health and our longevity. So being in relationships with other people that are satisfying, that are feeding into ourselves, um, it's a really great way for us to grow and to keep ourselves well. And so I, I want to be very upfront that we really want to foster our relationships. And there's different ways to do that. Right. And so it's just over time, we've seen that um, the way that I would describe it is that the calculations between the pros and cons of being single and being partnered um, have shifted over time because of broader societal pressures. And so if we think about young adulthood as this phase of life where you really try to embrace what um, some psychologists have called the fear of becoming vulnerable and intimate with somebody else. You know, that takes a lot of energy, that takes a lot of bravery, and that takes a lot of, like, mental space. And for a generation that's really facing a lot of economic difficulties, we've got recessions upon recessions, we've got inflation, we've got real housing insecurity. And so for someone to be told, okay, and in this other part of your life, in dating, you also have to open up and feel vulnerable in that arena, that becomes then quite hard for someone to be able to dedicate their energy and attention to all these different realms. And so really what I'm um really experiencing with my clients is, you know, um, they're more likely to be talking about wanting to figure out how to manage the stress of having a bad landlord or managing black mold in their basement than they are to be talking about, you know, um, how do I, you know, find the love of my life. That's not to say that that's not important to a large number of people in this age bracket, but they're just saying, hey, I really got to survive right now. And then hopefully sometime in the future, I'll be able to think about partnerships. And we do see that in the trends is that as people get older, um, they are delaying kind of their ability to um, enter into those long term kind of like meaningful romantic relationships. People are doing it. They're just doing it later on in life. We're talking with Dr. Brenda Lee, registered psychologist based in Vancouver, B.C. And we got into the conversation talking about young men and whether they've got a lot of vices to deal with and whether that Pew Research holds water in that. If they're not in relationships and maybe not looking, is this something that we would have to address, help them with? And Dr. Lee, it's interesting to hear you say that, yeah, relationships are great, but they take a lot of time. And right now, there's a lot more survival stuff ahead on that list. So what do you look for in the next little while that may help us to understand what's happening or or what continues to happen? Yeah. And so something that I always encourage is just to have these ongoing conversations. You know, um, when we think about um, speaking with our children about relationships and about sex and about love and about what we want out of our lives, that's something that we absolutely establish the foundations as they're young. And at the same time, we want to make sure that these conversations continue. And so when you um, recognize that your teen or your young adult child is, you know, um, uh, hasn't been in a relationship in a while, or perhaps they experience a breakup and they're not really eager to get back out there, or perhaps they're doing some of those things like spending a lot of time in their rooms, you know, um, going through like porn or erotic content on their computers, or they're, you know, having a lot of, you know, um, kind of their social engagement over video games, like some of those things that you express concerns about, Mike. Um, it's just being really open 
becoming curious and having those conversations and saying, hey, what are you getting out of this game that, you know, um, that, that I should know about? You know, like, oh, you know, um, I noticed that when you broke up with X, it was, um, it's been really hard for you. You know, can we talk a little bit more about that? And, and that's really what we can do on an individual level to really support our young men and, and you know, our, our children of all genders is just to be really open and kind of empathetic to the fact that they're facing a world that oftentimes doesn't really support them in doing the things that we might think are helpful for them because there's just so many different things going on, as there has always been, but this is their first time through it. And they're uh, needing your support um, and kind of conversation around this time. Yeah, you hope that parents are parenting. That's that's one of those things that I, I hope is happening. But even for parents, Dr. Lee, as a final note, how difficult can it be? Because it doesn't sound like parents can say, well, this is what it was like in my day, so I can give you the advice because I know what's <laughs> happening in your day. We got two different days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think really being open and upfront about the limitations of your experiences, right? And I, I don't think any child is going to be very happy to hear, you know, yeah, 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 I know the best thing for you because this is what I've gone through, you know. But um, there's absolutely a place where you can create a lot of understanding and empathy by saying, wow, what you're going through right now is something that I have a hard time imagining. You know, it's like AI, I still have no idea what that's all about. Or, you know, social media wasn't a thing when I was dating. You know, and really identifying those things and then asking them to share with you what it's like to, you know, be dating in this day and time. And then to really say, okay, know that I'm here for you. And in the ways I can support you, I would love to be able to do that. Let's keep this conversation going. That's really the best thing that we can do for uh, any of our children going forward. Well, Dr. Lee, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us about this today. Thank you so much, Mike. It was lovely to speak with you. I hope we can do it again. Absolutely. That is Dr. Brenda Lee, registered psychologist based in Vancouver, B.C., and Dr. Lee has experience in developing policies targeting things like psychological safety in community groups. And as she says, she's been watching a lot of what has been going on, but it's not necessarily about acting on it to say, oh, well, we if we just make this rule, this rule, this rule, you know, if we make pornography unavailable, if we cut down, you can only play 30 minutes of video games a day. That's not going to do it. It is just about those open conversations because all of life can have all the rules that we want. We talked earlier in the show about why rules exist, but at the same time, some of those rules, they got gray areas to them. And you've always got to be willing to play in the gray areas because they might not match exactly what's going on in any given situation.